Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, this, uh, we're going to have some special announcements uh, coming up. And uh, what I want to do here, because as I stated, there are going to be some changes done with the show. And next week, we're going to go StreamYard.com. We're going to be on StreamYard.com. What that means is very simple. It's going to be a totally different format. Uh, you're going to actually be able to see what I look like and what Dr. Larry looks like in the resistance hour. So it's going to be both of myself and Dr. Larry going with StreamYard. And so, and we're going to, and, and somewhere, hopefully, L.A. Bachelor is going to come on the show in a few minutes here and kind of talk very briefly about what it means to you, the audience, and what's the advantages. But it's going to be kind of exciting. We're being, you'll be, we've been kind of playing around with this, practicing this. And a good and already a good portion of the Bachelor News Radio Network is already on StreamYard, so so we're kind of like the last of the group, I guess, uh, to kind of join in on that. So we're going to, as I said, we're going to have. So we're going to talk more about that a little bit later in the show. I'm Tom Donaldson. I am the chairman of America's Pack. I'm also the uh, project director and a research associate for the America's uh, Majority Foundation, and I've been, and I'm also the author of the most latest book with this, uh, which is America at the Abyss, which is going to be out February the seventh. But you can pre-order this book right now on Amazon.com and on BarnesandNoble.com and Liberty Hill Publishing Press, Publishing.com. So all of those things you can get all of the, you know get this and all of those right now be the first to order. Basically, what it does we're going to look at the last four years, uh, the collapse of the leadership class, the institution, what it means for America, and more importantly, uh, you know solutions to go beyond where we are today. Uh, so it's going to be it's like I say it's going to be an excellent it's an excellent book. You'll want to use it as a reference going into the 2022 elections. My recent book, America the Abyss, Will America Survive? Now, this weekend, uh, we had some really great football. I'm a football fan, and we had some really great football program. We have football. And I wanted to and – and, and like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more. You know, I'm going to talk, like I said, a little bit more about this as the – the evening goes on, but I wanted to kind of say, this to me was the greatest football weekend the NFL has ever had. Let me repeat. This was the greatest football weekend the NFL ever had. I am not exaggerating. You literally had four games. Three of those games were decided on the last play of the game, and the fourth game went into overtime, which a field goal, basically on the last play of the game, sent the game into overtime. So you literally had four plays at the end of the game determining the fate of all of these teams. You know, do they move on? Do we go into overtime? Um, and that's what we were looking. At. And, and so it's what it was exciting. It was really, really exciting football. And I said, I'm going to get more into that as we uh, proceed further into this. Um, and the other thing that comes in, you know, is so – and the other thing, too, I'm going to talk about, Dr. Larry is going to be joining us at the end of the half hour. Uh, there was an article that, you know, based on a show we did last week and what we are attempting to, to follow up this week – but I'm going to bring him on the show to, to kind of discuss last week's show because I think it's one of the most important shows we ever had and one of the more scarier shows. 
Now, Peter probably talks about the vulnerability of the United States to EMP. Uh, and we'll, again, we'll discuss more of that uh, a little bit later here as well. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah. And so, I, now the, the thing, the other thing too is we, there's some really, and again, there's an article I wanted to also kind of touch base here with, and I'll probably get started on this real quick, and then we'll come back to it depending how far we go into it. But there's an excellent article called In the Tablet, written by Clayton Fox. And he talks about what he calls the descendants. Descendants. These are the people who basically challenged the narrative dealing with the coronavirus. And they all had different ideas how to treat it. They all you know, moved in different direction, but uh, they certainly had some unique ideas. And we're going to, like I say, we'll get more into this. Um, into this. But, okay. And here's some of the people that you might want to know. Uh, Dr. J. Bhattacharya, who was with the Great Barrington Declaration. Harvey Weish, a professor at Yale, Yale University. Pierre Corey. Aaron Carley, Peter McCullough, Robert Malone. And they all appeared on a panel, uh, a second opinion on COVID. And and I wanted to like I say it's one of those things where you look at this thing and you say to yourself, you know, um, it, it's important because I tell you, all of these gentlemen, most of these people proved to be right dealing with the virus. They proved to be far more accurate than the scientific community. And I do detail the failure of our scientific class dealing with the coronavirus in my book, America at the Abyss. Because I felt, quite frankly, it was one of the most, you know, it's a, it was a telling moment in our scientific community where a good portion of a scientific class, quite frankly, not only did they fail to do the, you know, to, you know, failed in their ideas of how best to deal with the virus, which caused millions of people to be unemployed. We may have ended up killing more people than we saved. And we're going to have a generation of children comes to learning that may be forever impacted. And even to this day, you know, the mental health and aspects of it as well. So, and I wanted to kind of get some of these individuals here. Uh, Dr. J, Martin Kordoff, and Siantra Gupta came together in October 20, uh, 2020 to discuss what they figured alternative lockdown, because they were looking at the lockdown and they were saying, this is not working. People being placed out of work, we're seeing diseases and chronic diseases not being treated, increase in mental health issues, and it didn't appear that the virus was subsiding, which was the entire purpose of the lockdowns and the economic restrictions. And so they basically figured, should we do what the Swedes did? Focus our protection of the elderly and the most vulnerable and try to restore some aspect of normality for everybody else with the goal of avoiding unattended harms, physical and mental and economics. So, yeah. And so basically, and the thing is this, just to show you, I mean, 60,000 medical professionals signed on to this. So this is not just a bunch of outliers out there. These are people, and their goal and their analysis was very simple. And here's the thing. These were not, you know, these are not outliers. These were people who have strong, established scientific credentials. The work that these three individuals who put together the Great Barrington, uh, the Great Barrington Declaration, have been cited. Their studies have been cited by 60, 000, nearly 60,000 times in county. They have lofty academic affiliation, publication histories, and none of this. And remember this, uh, because we also found out in October 2020 that Francis Collins, who was then the director of the National Institute of Health, 
declared these three individuals, three fringe epidemiologists, in an email to Fauci. And we now know they've been released by the Freedom of Information Act, is that they colluded to discredit these three leading scientists and their message because it was at that time descending from the state orthodoxy that existed. Uh, And we're going to continue this a little bit more after this announcement here on the Bachelor News Radio Network and the Donaldson Files. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent? One in 260,000. The odds of this born racer having 157 career top 10 finishes in NASCAR? One in 125 billion. But every driver seeks the pinnacle of their achievements. The odds of him winning both the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same year, one in 195 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm NASCAR driver Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that this particular segment of the show will be brought to you by my latest book, which has been public, which is being published by Liberty Hill Publishing, which is associated with Salem Media Corporation, Salem Media, and is available for pre-order on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. The book is America at the Abyss, where America survived, uh, which I detail some of the political trends that we have been witnessing over the past several weeks and some, I mean, over the past several years, and what the future details. And what the future details. So, again, uh, Donald, uh, my latest book, America the Best, Will America Survive, will be out February the 7th, and it can't be pre-ordered. Pre-order it right now, barnesandnoble.com. Amazon.com. All right. Now back to okay. Again, at the end of the, at the begin at the bottom of this hour, Dr. Larry's going to be joining us, and like I say, there's a possibility we may also be joined by L.A. Bass. I know he's got a he's working on another program right now, so he's going to try to squeeze in here as well if he can. But But like I said, I want to make again make this announcement. Uh, next week we're going. This show is going to go on Streamyard.com. Streamyard.com. Uh, we'll give you more details on the following outlets: Tom Donaldson.com, Donaldsontfiles.com. Details as well as at Donaldson Files on Twitter, Donaldson Files on Parlor.com, Donaldson Files at Get Getter G E T T R dot com. So all three of those uh, social media will have more information as well, uh, detailing this, you know, our, like I say, this new system of broadcasting that we will be doing next Tuesday. And we're going to try to have a special program next Tuesday, so stay tuned. And I'm going to go back very quickly to this article, then I'm going to go back to the football. Dr. Harvey Weiss was another gentleman who was a descendant, uh, a descendant. From the orthodoxy. He is a professor, epidemiologist, a cancer etiologist at the Yale School of Public Health. He's issued author 350, original peer review. His work has been cited at least 44,000 times by other researchers. 
And as he said in a recent interview, he's actually read 3,000 scientific papers. Now, he was asked by the state of Connecticut, the outpatient early treatment, and his initial revealed the evidence. And again, this initial, and I'm not going to say this is right, this is wrong. I'm going to simply say it's another alternative that has scientific merit. And he concluded at the time, and you got to remember, this is before the vaccine, this is before any other drug, you know, hydrochlorine, chlorine queen, uh, uh, the malaria drug, along with uh, an antibiotic or antibiotics and zinc, to be, could be used in his mind to prevent hospitalization. And now others published an initial, a rebuttal to the initial review, but Rush himself was convinced, had his own data to do, and and he basically had cited 10 studies dealing with the fact that this indeed could work, and it wasn't scientifically settled. And uh, scientifically settled. Now, he's championed some of this early treatment using some of these cocktails, that, and these were FDA-approved drugs November 19, 2020. And he basically... And so he moved to, and so basically the bottom line is very simple. Again, these are things that he stated we could have used, and in his own mind, had we done this, thousands of Americans would have been saved. Robert Malone, as a, as a young man, helped develop the initial concept for RNA and DNA vaccines later that were brought to the current vaccines that have been produced by Pfizer, Mardina, and other grubs, other drug companies. He worked with biotechnology, developing vaccines, consulting with biodefense, the government. But his episode, but there are two aspects that came in play with him. What makes him kind of controversial, suppose, is that he appeared on Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse podcast that he talked about some of his ideas and it made even the suggestion that mRNA vaccines might be dangerous for some recipients. Uh, his own expertise, he explained the mechanism that may cause the damage, and he, and he himself suffered sudden hypertension as a result of taking the vaccine. He led for a better scrutiny of the vaccine safety. Uh, and he's been unequivocal not to be given the vaccine to children. Now, he had been accused of misinformation, and he'd been kicked off Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. But again, this is a, you know, but again, let's understand one thing. This is, understand, again, this is, again, controversial, but there are aspects of what he stated that has some scientific validity. This is not to say that he was right on all of these things, but certainly he made some good scientific points that should have been debated. And as he told one new media person, what did Tony Fossey, Francis Collins, and Jeremy Ferrar discuss, as he said, using burner phones to avoid detection, when it became clear that they themselves funded the development by Equal Health Alliance of the virus, the coronavirus? Another gentleman is Vinay Prasad, who is a hematologist, oncologist, and he's a professor at the University of California and San Francisco. He was one of these individuals. And again, here's some of the points he made. You know, he listened to both Malone and McCullough to break down issue by issue, to look at the substance of their claims, and rather dismiss them out of hand. He's also been a source of acute analysis of the benefit and risk of vaccination of young men vulnerable to myocarditis, and he too in question the wisdom and efficacy of mass mandates, I might add, which now the CDC agrees with. And he, and he first wrote, better evidence need be a masking, and he wrote a second piece of myocarditis. Uh, Peter McCullough, Academic work have been cited by others nearly 64,000 times. 
He is a renowned cardiologist and nephrologist and was one of the few uh, physicians to talk about outpatient treatment for COVID and even wrote an early paper on the protocol dealing with multidrug therapy. Alongside with Rich in front of the U.S. Senate, he discussed this. But others disagreed with some of the aspects and some of the drugs he emphasized. He emphasized that he promoted FDA emergency use authorized monoclonal antibodies treatment as well. So he did a wide range. And his purpose is very simply put, because right now the monoclonal antibodies are being restricted by the FDA. Now, one of the things more controversial is McCullough is that is vaccine safety. And he's had doubts, and he wants, and he's been one of those who's been leading more to sit back and say, let's see all of the data and emphasize what others emphasize, a one-size-fits-all approach to vaccination was wrong and not the proper approach. Now, I'm speaking as somebody uh, who himself has been vaccinated and has his booster. So I'm not sitting back, and again, he, as I stated, you know, this, again, this is a gentleman who has been widely reviewed. So we're not, again, talking about, all right, and there are other scientists as well. Pierre Corey was one of the few people who discovered the use, the use of corticosteroids in hospitalized patients. And, and later he would be vindicated by studies. He also, again, like others, new and better outpatient treatment for different drugs. And there are others as well. This was a great art. This article, again, uh, Clayton Fox tablets, the descendants, uh, worth looking into. It's one of those articles you like, got to look into because I think it's one of the most important articles that people are going to look at, because quite frankly, we were denied good science and all of this. A good portion of our scientific class failed us. I detail this in my book, America at the Abyss, with documentation, I might add. And the point I'm going to make here is we needed a more wide variety of ideas discussed. Many of these avenues were dismissed. Many of these scientists were attacked, their reputation attacked. And we're talking about scientists who, if you look at some of the things, we're talking about scientists who, just the ones I mentioned, it's something like 100,000, 150,000 mentions or reference to their studies. Let me repeat it. Six figures worth of studies. So, you know, just to kind of let you know, these are not small potatoes. These are scientists, many in ways, probably superior to our government scientists, just as Tony Fossey and Francis Collins, who failed their biggest test. And uh, I'll be, you know, detail this more a little bit later as the show goes on. Now, the other thing too is. I did make a mention of this, and I want to. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back to football. Then uh, hopefully, Dr. Larry will be ready to join us here on the Bachelor News Radio Network and the Donaldson Files. You might know me. I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are, a few in six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedinamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent, and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for flu. The media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more 
at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And, the, and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, the Donaldson Files. Um, next week, we're going to be on StreamYard.com, which uh, will, and for the first time, you're going to be able not just to hear us, but you'll be able to see us. Well, Dr. Larry and myself, with the Resistance Hour, will be turning over to StreamYard.com. Uh, Dr. Larry will be at the bottom of this hour, scheduled to come on at the bottom of the hour. Uh, so I just want to you know, stay tuned for that. Also, uh, don't forget you can pre-order my book, America at the Abyss. Will America Survive? You can get a copy of this book right now, pre-order it. You can pre-order it at BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com, and the LibertyHillPlubbersCene.com. So those three, you can pre-order them right now. And February the 7th, this book will be out officially. So just to let you know, you know, again, this is the America at the Abyss. Will America survive? Uh, hardback copy, softback copy, and will also be available e-copy, so you can get it online as well. All right. Now, this weekend was the greatest weekend the NFL ever had, probably in its football history. Four of the greatest playoff games ever on one weekend. These four games would be up there with some of the greatest games ever played in the NFL. And and I got some observations here on this. And, and I'm going to, and like I say, Dr. Larry is going to be coming on very shortly. Uh, but here's the thing, and we may discuss this a little bit later down the road, but we may be witnessing the end of an era, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and previously the weekend before – Ben Rothenberger, our big Ben. We may, you know, these are three of the great quarterbacks. And certainly people will say Tom Brady is probably the greatest of all time. He's got seven Super Bowl rings uh, to show for that. So, yeah. So I would say in nine Super Bowl appearances and seven Super Bowl rings, you got to put him up there. And he pretty much has almost every – you know, if he's in the top two or three at every record out there. But somehow or another, you look at this, at the age of 44, this Buccaneer team was designed to put one more shot at a Super Bowl. They brought everybody back. They had everybody returning from last year's Super Bowl. And in the end, they missed it by about getting into overtime by 30 seconds, essentially. And I look at this, you know, Tom Brady, and I see myself a man going through the light at the end of the tunnel, only now the light is starting to dim. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to be back next year in Green Bay? And, again, Green Bay had everything set in place for a Super Bowl run, and they lose to the San Francisco 49ers. Big Ben, as I stated, you know, he has pretty much been on his last leg. He took what's left of his, you know, left of his skills got the Steelers into the playoffs, and lost in the first round. But we're going to see the beginning of a new era. Joe Burrow, Pat Mahone, and Josh Allen. Just to give you an idea, we know about Pat Mahone. This is the fourth time that Mahone has led his team to an AFC championship game. He's been already to Super Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl in his pocket. But the last two series, I mean, think of this way. And three in two weekends, he has basically thrown for 800-plus yards, pretty much rushed for another close to 100. He has thrown nine touchdown passes with only one interception. Joe Burrow basically has thrown for 600 yards in leading the Cincinnati Bengals to their first two playoff victories in about almost 30 years. Still, in about 30 years plus. So, and then Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is going to get another one of those players we don't, you know, a lot of people aren't getting the, the over the weekend, but here's the thing. He threw for like 650 yards 
four touchdowns. He had another 120 yards rushing. And literally, he came within 13 seconds of taking his team to the AFC Championship before, in 13 seconds, Pat Mahomes found a way to get the Kansas City Chiefs into field goal range. Three games decided on the last play of the game. A fourth one decided in overtime. So, after, you know, so three of the three, I guess say these were four of the greatest playoff games. And I have to say, uh, and, I, and before I bring Dr. Larry on the air here, I'm going to bring in uh, the Swamp Girl, Pam, because Pam and I basically, we missed, what, three out of the four teams we predicted lost? Oh, and, man. This this is well, the first year ever I've gone okay. 0-4. Ever. Yeah. 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 And I, I usually at least get one. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I came within 13 seconds of going 0-4. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you can't, I mean, I watched yeah. the Chiefs, though. They came out sluggish. And uh, yeah. to me, they were real sluggish. And, and that seemed to be what happened. We were talking about, I mean, you and I did the Twitter thing a little bit. And, yeah. you know, it just seemed yeah. that the home teams were a little bit more complacent. Even the Bucks, they came out sluggish. And I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. This is not Tom Brady yeah. playing like normal, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I, it was just, um, just amazing. Yeah. And I don't know about the 49ers. You know, Debo Samuel yeah. got hurt um, yeah. on the last play, uh, he, getting them yeah, not, in there. Now, so. is he coming? Yeah. yeah. How serious is that injury? Because I've not checked on that yet. Well, I know I saw what I saw was that he got hit by a helmet in the calf, you know. And yeah. uh, it, I don't but, know if that tweaked it. I don't know if that's anything like that. But, you know, when somebody yeah. like that, which is their star, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, well, I mean, here's the thing. Is it, you you kind of worry about that. Thing. but Yeah, yeah. Here's the answer to the thing, because here's the thing with the Rams. I mean, I, I, it's nice to see Matt Stafford get a shot with a good team. But he's been with the Lions for God knows how long. And I think he's like one playoff game in which he lost. But most of the time, the Lions, usually by the time the playoffs are, they're already looking at uh, which high draft pick they got. <laughs> right. I mean, he's been on a yeah. pretty you – know, and, and, it, it and, and I tell you, I thought that the coach played it too conservative at the end. I mean, he basically took the ball out I of doubt. Stafford's hand. Tried, and, and, it, and, and it's kind of interesting because – at the very end, again, Matt Stafford pulled a Tom Brady and a Pat Mahomes. Right. He got two spectacular passes to Culp to get his team into field goal range. Two great passes. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe if he did this earlier, you wouldn't be worried about winning the game. But this is the second time because they did the same thing against the 49ers last game of the season. They had a 17 nothing lead in which they blew. Right. So – and so it's going to be well, interesting. That and was I, my whole yeah. Go ahead. thing about this is that the, the teams that were coming in were the seemed to be more aggressive, you know. Yeah. They were the yeah. more aggressive teams. And, 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 you know, to me, and I will argue this, and then you just had this feel about the quarterbacks and stuff, but a quarterback is only as good as his offensive line, you know. Yeah. Well, you know what, Joe, I mean, yeah, but here's the thing. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against the Titans, and he found yeah. a way to win. <laughs> exactly. And, and it does. So, but they're only and, as good as that offensive line. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, now, by the way, we got and, – And when you get yeah. the injuries and stuff, so yeah. – It's going to be interesting to the point, because the 49ers are beating the Rams six times in a row, which uh, and they beat them twice this year. So it's going to be interesting, you know, whether or not the Rams can finally get over the top. And be, because, like I said, they had a 17 to nothing lead uh, at the last game of the season, which basically was the game in which, you know, they won, they would have been the second seed. They ended up becoming the Correct. third seed and having to go to Tampa to play the, the, the Buccaneers in Tampa. But that's, I, I guess that did work out. Now we got on the line our good buddy, Dr. Larry, Dr. Larry, how you doing? Well, I I watched all those games too. 
so I'm uh, interested in your conversation. In fact, I've got a few ideas myself. The main well, one ahead. being yeah. the main one being that that uh, they then that that uh, game between uh, the Chiefs and the uh, uh, <laughs> Chiefs and, and the uh, Bills. They uh, scored 25, 25 points in less than t- less than a minute and a half <laughs> playing time. Yeah, <laughs> I never saw anything yeah. like that. I never had me. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, it was like it was almost like whoever got the ball last was going to win, essentially. Correct. And yeah. I never, I've never seen anything like that myself. And the thing, you know, somebody made this observation and said, you know, Pat Mahone, in thirteen seconds, went about fifty yards to get his team in field goal range. And it took Dak, Dak Prescott 14 seconds to lose the <laughs> to lose whatever chance oh, they had. Oh well, again. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. It, I, I say, I, it was one of those things. I mean, this was like I said, exciting football all the way around. It's just, and I know a lot of people didn't like the playoffs. You know, a lot of people are still mad about the overtime rules. But you know what? I like the overtime rules. There's, I mean, hockey does this. You know, there's something about in a playoff sudden death. And certainly in the NFL, you know, bottom line with the NFL is this. If you keep the team from scoring a touchdown, you hold them to a field goal, you get your second shot. And and the Buffalo Bills failed to do that. They allowed the uh, Chiefs to score a touchdown. So I don't have, you know, I don't have any problems with the overtime. And I think there's something dramatic about sudden death. It's like, this is it. One bad move and it's all over. And with part of it is luck, part of it is a coin flip. But and, you know, hockey does this as well. And I just think it's kind of – it adds some element of excitement and suspense. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Pam? I don't care for it that much because it's the flip of a coin. You know, who gets the ball first? Yeah. If they, spill, if they do that, you know, it's, it's a flip of a coin. Um, Not really. And that's what I don't – care about yeah. that you well, your, know? yeah um, your thoughts uh dr larry i think i think it's exciting and i i it's not it's not a really a flip of the coin because if the defense can hold the first team uh and that happens a lot in overtime then they get their shot too but but the defense has to has to perform and uh it's all on them and that first uh that first series yeah so I, I and I, it's exciting as hell. I mean, I think it's well, really I, dramatic. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's not exciting and not dramatic. I am not going to say that, you know. But yeah, um, I used to remember when they well, had yeah. two and three overtimes and stuff, and those were fun. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, think of this way. I mean, the NFL became the NFL, but what everybody says was the greatest game ever. I'm not. Uh, was the Giants and the Colts where they had an overtime game and sudden death. And this, and and that started the NFL. That's when the NFL started to build up and compete with baseball because it was one of those games where, even to this day, a lot of us old folks, you know, still remember that game or still remember play, you know, talking about that game. And it, too, was sudden death. I mean, that's what made it exciting. It was Johnny Unitas going up against the Giants and sudden death with Alan Amici going across the line to win what was then was classified as one of the greatest games in the history of the NFL. So it was considered the best game ever for a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so I'm going to hold on to that thought this time down some down some files. We'll be right back here in the bachelor news radio network a boy born in joplin missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor the odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent one in 260,000. the odds of this born racer having 157 career top 10 finishes in nascar one in 125 billion but every driver seeks the pinnacle of their achievements The odds of him winning both the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same year 
1 in 195 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, 1 in 88. I'm NASCAR driver Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can get my book, America at the Abyss, where America survived. You, it will be available February the 7th everywhere, but you can pre-order it right now on barnesandnoble.com. barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, and libertyhillpublishing.com. And the question is, you know, as I state in my book, there's a dark future of America if it continue its current trajectory, but I do state they may be hope. And you just have to read the book to find out what that hope is. That's right, buy the book. And you can buy it at Amazon.com right now. Pre-order it, pre-order on BarnesandNoble.com, America at the Abyss, where America survived. And it's going to be – and uh, also next week, ladies and gentlemen, we are going – on StreamYard.com. So that means, Pam, you can actually see what I look like and what Dr. Larry looks like uh, when you tune in next week. Won't that be exciting? <laughs> yeehaw! 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 <laughs> you know, my 87-year-old mama calls you eye candy anyway, Tom. So. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> So she thought he yeah, was quite, so. quite fetching with her words. He's quite fetching. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, next week we begin we begin a new adventure in broadcasting here the Donaldson Files on the Bastard News Radio Network, and also the Resistance Hour is as well. We're going to be doing the Resistance Hour is going to be joining us. So, you know, so it's going to be a totally new adventure in broadcast excellence, and. uh Next week, and so we, you know, we're going to have a fun time next Tuesday. I haven't. I'm going to try to invite a few friends, uh, and just uh, and just have a wonderful whole time introducing the new technology that we have. And speaking of that, uh, I'm going to bring you in, Dr. Larry, because last week we had a show in the Resistance Hour, and my understanding is we're going to try to have a follow up to that show. But you kind of passed around an article that you know. As you say, right. scared the crap out of you, scared the crap out of me, and by the time you finish, it's going to scare the crap out of Pam. So why don't you kind of talk very briefly about the article you passed around, and then you know, you know the follow up on you know, the, the, and we're going to attempt to follow up on the show tomorrow night. Go ahead. Well, the basic the basic conclusion is that. Uh, the Biden administration is playing with fire about uh, a uh, conference, military confrontation with uh, with the with the with the Russians, uh, and 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 the reason is that the whole basis of warfare has changed from uh, any. Uh, it used to always be conquest of territory. And, uh, in fact, right up until about a a few years ago, that was, uh, that was from time immemorial, that was the time, that was the way you fought, you fought a war to gain territory. And then, of course, jurisdiction over the people and so on. Uh, now, however, it's not that at all. It's, uh, it's a matter of, uh, cyber warfare is the name of the game, and that is, Knocking out the uh, electrical grid for the uh, for the enemy, and the question is uh, whether whether we uh, are how do we stack up with the Russians, and and by the way, and the Chinese as well in this uh, cyber warfare. They don't have to do any. Conquest of territory at all. There doesn't even have to be a battle. All there has to be is a uh, a way to uh, stop all of the uh, 
electrical uh, activity in in the, in the target area, and the target area with the capabilities that the uh, both the Russians and the Chinese have. Uh, and by the way, it's shared to some extent by by North North Korea, um, and that is uh, they can they can target a particular uh, area, for example, uh, one city or one state, or they can actually uh, attack the entire country and knock out the in the. Uh, uh, the electrical uh, uh, the electrical charges that go that 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 actually power all of our equipment, uh, our computers, our cars, our our uh, houses, uh, you know, our communications, everything that we do um, is fundamentally is uh, powered by electricity, and that and that includes uh, our power power plants too. And and the uh, fact is that the United States has been has been uh, a, a serious uh, error by not uh, hardening our uh, our electrical grid. Uh, one of the reasons is that um, much of the electrical grid in the United States is in the hands of private private companies and not and it's not government owned or uh and it's regulated but but it's regulated very poorly because there's a long uh history of uh the uh, enforcement of the United States uh the federal government uh it being uh, very much in in uh cahoots with the uh with the power companies and the companies have resisted uh, hardening because they think it's going to cost a lot more money, and you know they have to give up some power, and and the, and the government has been absolutely uh, derelict in in trying to protect us. And so the fact is that both of the uh, our prior our premier enemies are ahead of us in uh in in that technology and um so our threat and then and then what what happens is that that the um russians right now right now are are uh very uh, uh aggressive in this uh ukraine campaign and very they're very likely uh, are going to uh, invade or, in some way anyway, compromise uh, the uh, Ukraine's uh, independence and, and try to annex them to uh, the Russian Federation the way that uh, they did the, the uh, Crimea. And and so what our our stupid president does is go out and publicly uh, threaten the Russians with uh, cyber warfare, and and the fact is that if 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 it came down to that, the we're far we we can um, uh, inflict far less uh, da- far less uh, uh, da- uh, damage to the Soviet, to the uh, Russians than they can do to us, and they've already tested it on, on various. Various uh, minor uh, outages that we've experienced over the last uh, three or four years, and 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 the the uh, results of this uh, would be catastrophic. Uh, uh, and our uh, expert, who is by the way the, the most expert, Dr. Peter Pry. Is the uh, the highest expert we have in the civilian uh, uh, the civilian arena on this on this subject, and he has said that within one year after a uh, an attack by cyber uh, a successful attack by by cyber uh, a cyber attack. 
that 90%, 90% of our entire population will be dead. I mean, this this is this is the kind of stuff that science fiction has has built of. This is extremely, extremely dangerous, and we have a couple of stumble bums up there in the in in the in uh, the uh, Biden administration. Biden himself and 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 uh, this uh, and the Secretary of State is these guys. They're, they're they're uh, they're, after, they're they're taking the same basic stance that Obama took, which is uh, that they are sort of depending on the goodwill of our of our enemies, which is absolutely absurd when you're talking about people like uh, like uh, the uh, Russian. Uh, the Russian king and czar. He's 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 more more powerful now than the czar ever was. So that's that's what we're what we're trying to get our arms around. And 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 the fact is that most of the technology that it would take to harden our our uh, our grid is already available, and it, it's it would not be a major. Uh, technological uh, problem for uh, Americans to uh, harden our cars and our uh, I mean there's all sorts of uh, really minor sorts of things that could be done to uh, uh, thwart the uh, effect of that of that attack but but our people are not doing it and and, and they just they don't even talk about it so that's what we're. I just found out. I, I mean, I've known gen, in general, like a lot of people. I sort of known generally what yeah. cyber attack was, and I've been aware that uh, that there were some incidents of of uh, minor attacks on our uh, grid that have come about over the last, uh, really more than the last three or four years. But I had no idea that the situation was as dire as it really is. And, yeah. Uh, well, that's I, a, yeah, 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 that's a good point. I mean, the other thing, too, is, is that you know, a lot of people like to mock Trump for the Space Force. But we've already seen where the Russians themselves have practiced shooting satellites in space, which is another way of basically blinding us with our regime. Because, again, a good portion of our military is, you know, is dependent upon GPS, you know, what the satellites in space. You start knocking those out, we're blind. Yeah, we're yeah. absolutely blind. Blind. Well, Pam, what do you think about all of this? Now that, you know, Dr. Larry says uh, we're really doomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, several thought processes come up with this this thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I told you a long time ago, I am kind of a nerd, and so I followed all the conspiracy theory stuff, and and I know even about the Flat Earth Bowl, and I've talked to a few of those, and that's interesting. Um, my whole thing is that, yeah, we do rely on the, the grid, but I am in an area where my grid goes down often, right? And yeah. we are, you know, I uh, during Hurricane Hugo, we were forced for like three weeks without electricity. Um, we've, you know, it's a socioeconomic type thing. If you're poor and you don't have the Internet, you're not going to lose it. If you don't have an electric car, you're not going to worry about it. The only thing that concerns me is, is like, the, and I will go to this, the nature of them experimenting with whoever it was and whoever's problem it was, you know, um, whether or not it was the Wuhan lab, you know, why were they even experimenting with something to make a superbug? Why in the world were they doing that? Well, on the same opposite end of that, there are people that have been experimenting for years for a long time with electromagnetic stuff to disrupt. And now we can turn off electric cars if the police are chasing them, you know. We've got that ability to do that here. The the biggest problem Um, is food and water. Go ahead. The biggest, yeah, well, is food. Hey, the biggest problem is food and water. 
I understand that if you're living in an urban area. I mean, I do understand that if you're living in an urban area, but um, we don't have enough people left with the skills who grew up without this stuff, who knew how to get food and water, you know, um, and well, how you to, you to, know, you how to, to grow it, you have it to harvest it, it. You, have to, you have to transport it. You have to make oh, get it Larry, into a can, store. On a hot, on a hot summer day in South Carolina, and I showed a girl this who was in school. She was in graduate school. I took her out in my backyard. I put a piece of plastic down, just a saran wrap down, and I showed her how you gather water from the grass on a hot summer day. I mean, you can do this. There's things that you can do. There's little secrets you can do to get water. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? There are those skills, but we're not teaching a lot of people skills like that. We are reliable on it. I do understand it's going to, 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 to be bad when they do it, but I also know that just as much as they have the technology and they have been practicing with these private companies, like you said, um, we have technologies, too, that work the other way. Um, so I don't I, – I just think that the, the United States has been a little bit more closed-lipped about the people that they have and they know that have the skills to do stuff. Um, I, I, I've always told you I got faith and hope. And, yeah, I do know that, you know, I, 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 I totally disagree with why in the world are you going to mess with Russia right now? Why in the world are you messing with China? I mean, we've got enough problems here. And I just, I'm, I'm of that situation. There's enough problems here. There are people without food and water here. Um, that we need to fix, you know, clean your own house first before you go messing in somebody else's. But yeah, I think, I think Biden kicked the bear and uh, I think they're taking advantage of the fact that, you know, this has been an all talk type of uh, administration in, and I will tell you this in all honesty, fairly, I think Trump was all talk, but they were scared of him, you know, but I'm also the person that yeah. grew up with doing the, we had to do those drills for the nuclear drills. I, when I was young, oh yes, I, yeah, I, that's I, I don't the, know if y'all yeah, remember get, that. Oh, I remember. Yeah, get you know, you know? Duck, get under the get under the desk and uh, put your head, <laughs> and cover up your head, and and start praying. Yeah, and our tornado drills were the same. I think you'll be part you know? of the ten percent. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I I I, I mean, you know. It, it boils down to, to me, it boils down to the same thing as we're going through right now with, you know, food shortages and stuff like that. When you can't get the, the shelves of bear and you can't get it and trucks aren't running because of this or that or the other, um, yeah. you become a scavenger. I mean, today yeah. I basically, okay. not, me and my father were laughing, you become a scavenger. But on the other hand, and there's another part of this, too, that we're not thinking about. But my father always says, you know, you have to live by the golden rule. And he says, who has the gold rules? <laughs> that's right. You yeah. know? That's right. Yeah. Well, that's, right. Yeah, that's all I thought because, we're, like I said, we've got about a minute left. So what I want to do here is, like I say, tomorrow night uh, I'm still working on a guest show. Uh, now, Pam, if you got nothing to do, please feel free to come on my show because I may need you. <laughs> I, I, I hope not again, boy. That last one you had was a little rough there. Yeah. Listening and, to that. Uh, yeah. 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 But uh, no, this. But the other thing is, so we're gonna. But tomorrow night will be, like I say, the last time we'll be on audio. Uh, next week we're going on Streamyard.com. Uh, so join us. Don't forget to buy my book, you know, America at the Abyss. Uh, and. Dr. Larry and I will be on the Resistance Hour tomorrow. And, uh, Pam, thanks for joining us. Uh, And I want to just say goodnight to everybody for this is the Donaldson File here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. And night-night. Take care, everybody. (laughs) Goodnight. Goodnight.